What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. Just a reminder that if you use code 21 triple 10 10% off all their tools used for football for the rest of the season, plus 50% off now with the last few weeks of the season. They're adding that in as a Christmas gift, so you get 60% off. Sounds like a fire deal to me. But we got a fire crew here that I'm no longer going to hold off introducing. Starting off with, of course, the man that ages like fine wine, or should I say, ages like fine cheese. That's Art Tornabeni, <laughs> a.k.a. Little Cheesecake. The LC. LC, how's it going? It's good. Breaking out the, the bubbly and the buble because it is Christmas time. So uh, fine wine, fine cheese, and some uh, buble. Oh, man. You can't get much better than that. You're just a fine gentleman, Art. I just feel like uh, a... Keep talking. (laughs) I'm not used to having you to my... That's usually the doc, so it's a reverse of things here. But also, of course, got to welcome in the guy that we call the Miguel Cabrera of this podcast. That's Marty Tallman. How's it going? I didn't know that you guys called me that, but that's absolutely incredible. But uh, yeah, I'm doing good, man. You know, holiday season's coming up. Just dropped the catcher ranks on the website. So yeah, everything's going good. Yeah, Marty's crushing those positional rankings one by one there. And I'm glad you did not ask me what the Miguel Cabrera of this podcast meant because that could mean so many different things. And I, I, su- I assumed he meant he was on a contract you wanted to get rid of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I could be seen as a bad thing. So I was like, good, I'm glad you didn't ask. But yes, that first voice you heard is our first guest. Of course, we welcome in a Matt that when he says the phrase, let's get started, you better pay attention. He's a writer, podcast host for N. BC Sports Edge, a writer at The Athletic and host of the Turn 2 podcast, not to mention the founder of Roto Fanatic. He's a Tout Wars champ and his player breakdowns are muy magnifico. Ladies and gentlemen, the man with the Mets hat and the gentleman with all the data. It is Matt Williams. How's it going, man? Man, thank you. You sound me. Sound, I sound a lot more impressive when you describe me. <laughs> I I can't. I'm excited to be here. Finally, I've I've been kind of talking to you guys forever, and I've just never been on the show. You got the shiny freaking intro. I've been talking to David. I'm gonna get one of those made for my show. It's uh, it, it's all professional here. He says <laughs> fantasy points. All of a sudden, this thing comes up. It's like bloom, bloom. It's awesome. <laughs> you got all the bells and whistles here. I love it. Hey man, we're really pumped to have you. I know a couple times we had reached out and just we didn't correlate schedules, and I was like, this is long overdue. And I'm really pumped to have you because you're one of the best baseball minds out there. And you're doing a lot of stuff. I mean, with NBC Sports as the athletic, your own business with Roto Fanatic, how are you finding the time to balance it all out? Uh, a Fitbit on that tells me I only slept two hours and 13 minutes last night. So <laughs> I went, I went and drove earlier and apparently that's not a good call when you've only slept for two hours. So, uh, when do I find the time? I, I don't have, I don't have enough time. Um, after this, maybe during, I may pass out. So I'm going to be taking a nap <laughs> sooner rather than later. <laughs> Not by choice. <laughs> oh man, you you made me feel exhausted just listening. I mean, I, that's it's all that that's whew, too. Is this a normal thing? Like, are you usually only getting a few hours of sleep every night? Uh during it depends. It, 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 it depends during the off season. Um, even though it's the lockout, everyone's like, I miss baseball. It's like we kind of had the winter meetings a week early. It'd be dead around now anyway. If it comes back around pitches and catches, we really didn't th- do anything. So my, I'm doing everything I would now. Um, the first year I did my player breakdowns. Anyone not familiar with them? It's just a hashtag 2022 player breakdowns. It's basically me breaking down a player that is requested by the audience. And I go through all the advanced data form. It's like in a maximum post that Twitter allows. 
And I do them like every couple of days. Sometimes I'll do them a, like a few, um, several days in a row. But the first year I did them, um, 75 days in a row, I posted one every day for 75 days in a row. Now that, that was tiring. Um, so I'm, I'm a little better than that, but yeah, for some reason, I don't know. I just, uh, I've been pretty busy lately. I think that needs to be in the baseball record books. You know, it's like you have <laughs> Lou Gehrig or your, your Cal Ripken's record. You have Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, yeah. Joe DiMaggio's is like Matt Williams. <laughs> Matt Williams. Player breakdown record. <laughs> well, everyone's like, hey, well, how can I separate myself in this industry? And it was like, you know, a couple of years ago. So I'm like, I'm just going to do these. And then I, the first one I did was like Oscar Mercado, like back when people still believed in him. And uh, then I did another one, another one. I just did one every day. So I'm like. And then Vlad Sedler retweeted, this guy's doing them every day. And I'm like, okay, well, now I got to do them every day, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 75 days in a row is crazy. And then when I was done, I was, I was happy. And then I was pumped to get back to him. So, anyway, we should yeah. – uh, why don't we – we could talk about the other, Matt. I feel like I'm taking up way too much time. I don't know how much your intros usually are. Oh, no, you know what? It's it's. I love the good banter because we're uh, – this is a very organic pod. We just let the things flow. And we will introduce the other, Matt, because that other, Matt, is a very handsome gentleman. And he also needs a proper introduction. Great name, too. This Matt, we welcome in here. He likes to call himself Quippy, a manager, <laughs> writer, and podcaster at Pitcherless, one half of the Dugout Study Hall podcast, and of course, writer here at Triple Play Fantasy. This husband, this dad, this teacher uses his fatherly instincts to educate you on life and fantasy baseball. It's been said one of life's biggest mysteries is what he's laughing about in his Twitter picture. We welcome in. Matt uncorked. Good one. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going great. You uh, you make me sound a lot better too. I was gonna give you a hard time for uh, for making me the second class Matt uh, <laughs> because there was no way I was gonna be able to follow. But I think you did you did a pretty good job selling me. Now I got to try and live up to the hype, dude. You do, man. I mean, you already put out a couple <laughs> pieces for Triple Play. You do amazing work. Your articles are are fire. I got to ask you. Obviously, you're a little bit newer in the in the industry than Matt is. Yep. What made you want to get started? And then ultimately, obviously, you started a pitcher list uh, where yeah. you first kind of started things. How did you eventually get to pitcher list? Uh, well, uh, I think this is, it, it, I don't know if this is the kind of story that you're looking for, but it was just kind of on a whim. I um, I have always wanted to have some sort of a creative outlet. Uh, I, I play music. I, I like to write songs. I've tried to tried my hand at, you know, like everybody probably has. I'm going to write a book. Yeah, it didn't happen. Um, so it, I, I happened to see one day, Nick tweeted out, you know, we're, we're hiring. And, uh, um, I was looking at the list of things. I was like, I'm not, I'm not that I'm not that. And one of them was op-ed and I had done some, some op-ed writing in the past and, and I like to write. And so I, I honestly applied on a whim. Uh, I guess I made him chuckle with my, my email that I sent in and we got to have a conversation. And, and one of the things that Nick is really good at is, is cultivating a, a real positive culture at picture list inside the discord. Um, and, and so I think that was, that was one of the things that, that we talked a lot about is we'll find a spot for you. Um, you know, as long as it's a culture fit, I, I think that's really important too. And, and one of the things I've found being in this industry for just about a year now, uh, it sounds weird saying being in this industry, I still feel a little bit like that, that little imposter syndrome with all that. Um, but, uh, is that this is a, a very welcoming, positive, supportive community. People are really looking to, to help people who are trying to get in or, or support uh, ideas and, and, um, it's been an amazing experience. So uh, it was one of those things where I was like, you know what, what do I have to lose by trying? And now a year later, here I am, I've uh, put out almost 50 pieces for, for Pitcher List in season uh, before, uh, in the off season last year, uh, working on some stuff with them now, obviously putting out work work with uh, with you guys. And 
And I've got my my podcast that I do with uh, Alexander Chase. We call it Dugout Study Hall. Uh, we try and uh, he's when it comes to numbers, uh, I, I don't know how his brain does it, but it does. Uh, mine does not. So <laughs> uh, my role on, on on that pod is to kind of use my teacher brain to say like, okay, you're telling me this is true. Help me understand it. Help people who might not be into the analytics as, as deeply to be able to make sense of it so that they can they can try and get an edge in, in their leagues and uh, I think there are a lot of a lot of people out there playing fantasy who dig going real real deep. I think there's a lot of people out there too that are kind of like I was when I when I first started, which is this is a lot of fun, um, but uh, I'm not really sure that I can go do this on my own. So our we're trying to build capacity in, in players to be able to kind of look at some of these things for for themselves and understand it a little bit better. And we all know once you go down that rabbit hole, you, you ain't coming back. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you know it it becomes kind of a uh, you get hooked. You get hooked on it. You didn't tell sure. us what. You didn't tell us what you were laughing at in the Twitter profile. Now I'm just looking at the photo, and I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to figure it out. Now I need to know. I don't. I mean, I feel like <laughs> it, it's going to be such a letdown. I, I feel the mystery is so much better than the reality. Um, but I will. I will. What's behind the curtains? It's like all oh, this macaroni and cheese is so good. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that that would be better. Uh, now this is going to be an extra <laughs> letdown. Uh, although it was, it was in front of a plate of food. So you, you're not entirely wrong there, Matt. Yeah. Um, uh, 2019, that's the year before everything shut down and the world changed forever. Right. Uh, uh, my wife and I decided, I mean, maybe like three weeks before the end of the school year for me, uh, her sister was getting married. I actually officiated it for them. So we had a whole lot of stuff going on. We had a couple of of, of very little kids. And we were like, we're, we just need to go somewhere. My mom took the kids and we booked a, a cruise to Bermuda out of New York City. For us, it, it's easy. We're really close. We're in Connecticut. So uh, that was, I think, the first uh, place we sat down that day after getting on the boat um, and ordered some food. And it was just kind of like the school year's over. Uh, the wedding was amazing. It was fantastic. But it was, you know, I, I, officiating it, there was, I wanted to make sure it went went really well for them. So there was just kind of this... 10,000 pounds off my shoulders all at once. And, and it was a really good feeling to be on a cruise ship and, and have a little break for a little bit. So that's why I was smiling so big. Oh, I got to do more of that then because I got to smile that big. Oh, that wasn't a letdown. <laughs> that was a very relaxing story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but all right, we're going to talk some baseball. Today's episode, we've got Fixing the Division AL West Edition. So before we get into free agency, position previews, dynasty outlooks, all that stuff, we're going to get through division by division, breaking down every team in Major League Baseball, and everything you need to know about the AL West as we uh, fix each team hmm. in every division. Are they contenders? Are they pretenders? Should they bring in free agents or should they ship out their assets? We're going to put our GM hats on and we're going to try to fix these respective teams. And it's going to get really interesting as we kind of get to the nitty gritty here. Obviously, with a dead time in baseball right now, this is going to be kind of fun. So a little different type of content here. Let's start off with bad contracts. And Matt Williams, I'm going to come to you first. You're doing the Los Angeles Angels. So my first question to you, are there any bad contracts on this team? And if so, are they movable? Are there any good contracts on this team? <laughs> that is really the question. I mean, I guess Mike Trout, probably a bad contract now too. Um, yeah, the two worst ones being Anthony Rendon. Um, he could certainly bounce back, but that is a very long contract. Is Hardly any of them end up paying off. That's a bad one, but cannot be moved. He's stuck there. Uh, Justin Upton being the other one, but he, I believe, is on the last year of it. That is someone they could probably try to ship off. I know there's a team like the Mets, Steve Cohen, Billy Epler have been really 
um, vocal about wanting to take on bad contracts in order to maybe get a prospect back. There's been probably a couple teams that may be willing to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say overall they have, uh, they have a couple of bad contracts on their team, but Justin Upton's maybe the only one they might be able to move just for the simple fact that it's like a, you know, almost like NBA esque expiring contract pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, Anthony Rendon, they should have signed starting pitching. We all know they should have. That was, uh, why'd you sign Anthony Rendon? Uh, but yeah, there's uh, that, that's pretty much what they're uh, bogged down with at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we were all kind of preaching them to do that. And they've been a team that's been plagued by pitching for a long time. The hitting's never been too big of an issue for them. I know there are years that they're better than others, but they've been bad pitching as long as I can remember. Uh, I can't remember the last time. Was it like the Jared Weaver days when they were actually at a solidable, like a solid rotation? The, uh, I'm trying to remember who else was in that rotation. John Lackey. John Lackey. Yeah, Lackey. <laughs> Who's that guy? That, who's that guy? The first one, the first terrible signing after that. It was the guy they got from Texas. He had the flowing hair. C.J. Wilson. C.J. Hamilton. Wilson. That yeah, was the good, good memory. Argument. That was the beginning of the end. Was C.J. Yeah. Wilson just? He had some good head and shoulders commercials. I mean, you know, <laughs> those were good. Those were good. Yeah, I love reminiscing. But um, Marty, same question for you. You have the Seattle Mariners, kind of a team that's on the rise right now. And they kind of shipped away a lot of other assets that they had. Are there any bad contracts currently with this team right now? Yeah. And overall, I actually really love what the Mariners front office has built. And I think the next five years for Mariners fans is going to be a lot more fun than the last 10 years. So um, now starting with bad contracts, I mean, overall, the Mariners have been pretty frugal with frugal with their money. You know, I mean, they've kind of towed the line of not fully tanking, but not fully investing into their team. And they've, done a really good job accumulating top end prospects and making, you know, small trades. Um, but I'm kind of, kind of start off, not the, like, not for like shock value, but I think in the long run, we're going to look at the Robbie Ray contract and think it was a bad contract. So we'll start there. Robbie Ray, five years, $150 million. Um, now before I begin, I want to recognize Ray is a Cy Young award winner. He deserves all the money. And from a fantasy perspective, I love that he's in Seattle. But it's time to look at the reality. Robbie Ray has been in MLB for eight years, over 1,000 innings pitched. He has a 4.00 ERA and a 1.32 whip. Now, I know he's not the same pitcher he was four or five years ago. But remember, 2017, he played the whole year, had a 2.89 ERA and a 1.15 whip for the Diamondbacks. And what did he do? He followed it up with a 3.93 ERA, 4.34 ERA, 6.62 ERA and a 7.84 ERA. Long story short, he had one really good year in the last five years and they gave him a huge contract. So do you want to be five years deep in the contract still paying him all that? I don't know. So we'll start there. Um, number two is Marco Gonzalez. As of right now, the contract looks fine, but he has three more years. The last year is 12.2 million. Um, yeah. and there's, there's also a club option after that. And then a shout out to Matt Williams, former boy, Robbie Cano. He's still on the books for another two years at $3.75 million. They just paid him off a couple of weeks ago, actually. Oh, did they just? Oh, they got to update their stuff now. So, <laughs> No, no, not off completely. I mean, they made his yearly payment to him. Ah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. I feel I feel like I did a bad job with the Angels now. You're getting like all these facts. I just assumed everyone, Justin Upton makes money. He's terrible. He's good enough. <laughs> well, did you know, how did they give him the money? Did they just like send it to him like in like a briefcase? Like here's your 3.75 million. All so I'd, want it, so I'd want it. All in pennies. <laughs> I'd, 
Yeah, I want it in uh, I want it in gold bars. That that would be that's what I want. You like like not the yourself. shiny fake ones in movies, but like the dull ones, like from like Die Hard with a Vengeance, like those. That's what I want. That's reasonable. All right, <laughs> cheesecake. You yourself picked mm-hmm. the Houston Astros. That's right. The very controversial Houston Astros, and they spend money, and mm-hmm. they develop talent, mm-hmm. and they cheat. So there's a lot to talk about here. So why don't you go ahead and break down the Astros for us? I have a few thoughts on this. You know, part of the reason that something it might be a bad contract is whether or not it it prohibits you from signing someone else. Um, so, in 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 that vein, I do think that it's possible that with with the fact that there is some risk to what to Justin Verlander's season, and the fact that they probably could have re-signed Correa with just a little bit more money per season than they gave Verlander, that could end up being kind of one of those bad contracts because of the opportunity cost it it lost them. Uh, that's not saying they're not going to re-sign Korea, but I also think that it could be looked at uh, Alex Bregman could be looked at as a poor contract considering the uh, the dip in his production the last two seasons and whether or not that might continue off into the future. Uh he signed a 5-year $100 million contract in 2020 which looked like a bargain at 20 per season, but it is backloaded. So it's uh, his last season there, 2024, is 28 and a half million. He has not been the same sort of hitter that he was. He's been injury prone. If this is if this continues, then they're going to be looking at that money and going, yeah, we we signed the wrong young uh, young stud. We should we should have given that money to Carlos. So I think uh, so. You know, you could you could make an argument that Bregman's a bad contract or or will be a bad contract. I think you could make a, an argument that Verlander because of the opportunity cost is a bad contract. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. Obviously Alex Bregman, I think it's the biggest attraction with him is that he's one of the better hitters as far as not striking out, but you're right across the board. Just a lot of things are down last year. And I mean, yeah, you have to wonder if they're going to start having remorse with that. Cause they're, it, it doesn't, I mean, yeah. it, are they, they're not in on a uh, Carlos Correa at all, right? Like they're not even considered, they're pretty much like we're, he's going somewhere else. We're not even trying to retain his services. Right. That's that's my understanding, though they they would be going with a rookie or Ledmus Diaz at shortstop mm-hmm. if they don't sign a different shortstop. But we'll who's, get to who's, who's in Con Correa at this point for sure. If the if the Yankees aren't as they claim, I thought. I, did we hear the Blue Jays were looking at him? Oh, that, I remember hearing the Blue Jays and uh, the shortstop shuffle. Right, there's a lot of teams moving shortstops. So I'm just wondering yeah. if the Astros could get right back in it because. That the Detroit kind of turned off the last big offer, maybe that was on the table for Correa. You may have to. I mean, we know Trevor Story's from Florida. He was rumored to go to the Rangers. Maybe Houston looks at him, but I don't know. I mean, Correa maybe he goes back. I mean, I just don't see an obvious fit on who would be willing to pay him. Mm-hmm. This was an article. This was an article on October first from Steve Zavola that it was the Yankees, the Tigers. The Rangers and the Twins were <laughs> the four teams. Twins. I got one a little wild. bit more updated. So December 2nd, um, looking at um, the Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs, and Braves are in the mix okay. as of December 2nd. The Cubs, Cubs, are doing, gonna... Cubs are doing weird crap. Yeah, that <laughs> was a really really weird signing for the Cubs. Really strange. Uh, the, Matt, the ripple effect. Sorry, I was just going to say the ripple effect of him going to the Red Sox. That, that would be interesting, too, to see how things pan out and who would have to move around and where they would go. Yeah, I mean, Devers is already at third, and then you yeah, have which, Xander Bogart yeah. at short. Like, if you could convert Devers to first somehow, I, but I mean, first base is, is open for them, uh, ish, but, um, 
I, I don't know. It's not like Devers is lighting it up defensively at third base, but uh, you got a pretty unless unless one of them would be willing to play second. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail you there. No, you're Sorry. good. Why don't Why don't you talk <laughs> to us about the Texas Rangers yeah. team that's spending money like it's going out of style this offseason? Yeah, I, that's so, right, Marty. Uh, yes, dollar bill, <laughs> Johnny Manziel right now. What tell us about the Rangers? Obviously, we know there's huge contracts that are on the books right now, but we can't say it's a bad contract in the sense we haven't seen them play with it yet. I guess. You well, say that, that was that was my whole thing. I'm done now. Oh no! <laughs> you stole my thunder. <laughs> I was like, what if he goes out and wins an no. MVP his first year? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, I, to your point, the, the the Rangers aren't paying a lot of people very much money at all. So um, uh, there's like eight guys making any kind of money, and of of those, four of them are brand new contracts. You've got Seager, Semyon. Uh, John Gray and and Cole Calhoun. So, um, I, I, can you say that any of those are bad contracts yet? I, I don't know that you you can. So, I was gonna try to turn the tables a little bit and, and use my out of the box thinking and say that maybe the the bad contracts the Rangers have are the ones they're not signing uh, at this point. They still have tons of space uh, up to the, the luxury tax threshold. Um, they are still paying Odor and and uh, um, Andrews, which is not great, but you can't do anything about that. Um, and we know that they have some holes at starting pitching. So, uh, you know, they, they did go out and get John Gray. They have some arms in the system. We'll, we'll get to that later on. Um, but for now, uh, you know, maybe their bad contract is that they're not actively signing more people with, with some of that space that they have because they're not really, uh, and tr- I mean, like I said, a lot of their money is in these new contracts. Semyon and Seeger have over 50% of their payroll right now. For yeah, next Matt, year. Question for I guess the group and Matt, like, do you think they can be considered bad contracts because they're minimum four years away from being serious? Uh, by the time they get to that, Simeon could be well beyond not good anymore, uh, and Seeger will be a little later. By the time they're actually ready to go, I'm wondering if they made their move too soon. So I agree with you, Matt. Maybe they should be extra aggressive now because if they're not signing these deals, doesn't make any sense because by the time you're ready to go. These guys you designed to lead your team will be kind of not out of their prime, but, you know, certainly not what you paid for currently. Like, you know, you kind of want to be on step on the gas pedal a little bit. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair point. They might be thinking that they're going to be contenders sooner than later. They do have Josh Young in the pipeline. So their offense might be fine, Um, but their pitching very clearly is is an issue. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I definitely think that if they're not being more aggressive uh, with, with seeking that, that it does, the potential is certainly there for these to wind up becoming bad contracts uh, in the very near term. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was just going to say the rotation. John Gray is their ace, Thane Dunning, Kobe Allard, John King, Taylor Hearn. You got Spencer Howard, Glenn Otto, and AJ Alexi there too. Oh, this is, and and they had not like they have a great ballpark for not giving up home runs either. Like these, uh, this is not like it's a pitcher's ballpark in this sense. Obviously, my, I, I want to turn a question to you, and then I'll let you. What are you going to say, Marty? Is there any yeah. chance Jack Leiter, you think, comes up this year? Because I think there could be a, a very like if the Rangers are kind of hanging around, like kind of Seattle was for the wild card this year, and Jack Leiter's kind of tearing through the minor leagues. I wouldn't be shocked if, like in September, they called him up. Am I crazy? I think You're I think it has me? a lot to do with the CBA <laughs> and how that goes, right? Yeah, like the, yep. it has to do with uh, what they deal with the Super Two. That probably have. A lot to do with the decision, right? Yeah, that's a good point, Matt. Yeah, that's, say, that's where I was going to go with it. Is is I think that uh, it it's really going to be a b- baseball business decision, not necessarily an on the field baseball decision. 
Right. And piggybacking, that's perfect, Matt. Perfect segue. That's exactly what I was going to say is that a lot of their moves may not be baseball moves. They might be business moves. Hey, we have this brand new ballpark. We have nobody to market this to. We have nobody who's selling jerseys. Let's get two really good guys, some guys that will kind of move the needle, maybe win us eight extra games and let's just go for it for now. So I'm going to say it's more of a business move than a, because it doesn't really make sense on the field. Yeah. Hey, people do that all the time. The Phillies, uh, I live near Philly. Uh, the Veteran Stadium went out of business. Um, you know, they broke Citizens Bank Park. This is a while ago. The fans wanted Scott Rowland back, and the, the Phillies owners did not want to sign him at all. They let him go, and he goes to the Cardinals, and that pissed everyone off. Then they get this new stadium. They sign, like, Jim Tomei to this massive contract, and everyone's like, why can't you just give him the money to Rowland? But it's kind of a similar thing. It's like, all right, new stadium. Let's kind of get it going. So, yeah, that makes sense. You know, just, they'll, you know, they like said, in the end, this isn't our money, and they're going to make plenty of it anyway. So in the end, who cares, right? I know. That's a perfect segue because there's a team that doesn't make a lot of money and doesn't spend a lot of money. And I'll just quickly touch on Oakland, the Oakland Athletics. And uh, Scott Jenstad, I love you. And researching this team, I can see why as an Oakland A's fan, you'd be super frustrated because you really like read into what their contracts are and that they're trying to get rid of some of these guys. Just staying with the bad contracts, Bob Melvin's gone. He's on the Padres now, so they actually don't even have a manager. But they're under $72 million in payroll right now so far for the next year. Elvis Andrews is the worst contract right now on that team. He's got two years left on his eight-year $120 million deal. He's making $7 million this year. And then he's a $15 million player option next year. <laughs> so you know he's going to take that player option. Uh, so that's not a great contract. Matt Olson is actually up to $12 million this year, and he's ARB3 eligible. And Chapman is ARB2 eligible at 9.5 mil. Chris Bass is ARB3 at 8.8. .8. And then you got Manaya at 10.2. He's ARB4. And then Montas 5.2. So pretty much these contracts aren't too bad. And a lot of these guys like Bassett and Manaya, they're going to be free agents after this year. And they're pretty much, the A's have already said that they're not going to be bringing them back in, you know, in their way of basically saying it. So they're probably going to be trade candidates that we'll talk about later on. But Guys, they, they declined a $4 million option on Jake Diekman, which Jake Diekman's a pretty decent reliever. $4 million for Jake Diekman is not a stretch to, to have in your bullpen, and they declined that. That just shows you how cheap they are and actually researches their opening day number uh, has only reached above $90 million one time. And that was in 2019 before the pandemic like wiped out, obviously, in 2020. And so they're not going to go anywhere close to that number. So they're definitely going to be trading a lot of guys. So we'll, we'll kind of touch on that later on. Let's now go to the next segment. And let's talk about the biggest assets for every team. So who are your team's biggest assets? And do you think they're keeping them? Or are they going to move them for future parts? So we started with Matt Williams. This time we'll start with Marty. And Marty, why don't you tell us for the Mariners? Ooh, I could be here for a while, man. That This is something that the Mariners have done a great job. And that's piling on top-tier prospects and really good young players. So let's start off with the prospects. So the Mariners currently have four prospects in the top 35, according to MLB Pipeline. Number one, Julio Rodriguez, outfielder. So he's the number two uh, ranked prospect in all of baseball in Class A and AA. He batted 347 with 13 home runs, 21 stolen bases. His OPS was over 1,000. Um, he's just he, – he looks all of the part of an amazing talent and someone that we're all waiting for to be called up hopefully this year. Um, then you can look at the young arms and George Kirby and Emerson Hancock. Kirby is ranked 33rd overall. Hancock is ranked 34. So, I mean, I, I love what I'm seeing there. Kirby has a 2.48 ERA. 
and 105 strikeouts in over 92 innings. So, you know, more Ks than innings. So everything looks good there. And Hancock has a 2.62 ERA with 42 Ks and 44 innings. We know his, um, he has good stuff, but, you know, the strikeout's not going to be there right away. Then we can just move quickly to Logan Gilbert and Jared Kellnick. I mean, I'm loving everything. I heard Eric's, Eric Cross's ears just perk up. Oh, yeah. That's his boy. Um, it's starting with Gilbert, though. And I mean, and I, I agree with what SB streamer uh, Michael Simeon said as well. He's going to be a workhorse. You know, I know he's only 24 years old right now, but um, last year he pitched 119 innings. He had a K minus D ball percentage of 1.9%. So to put that in the context, he's between Joe Musgrove and Walker Bueller. His FIP was 3.73, a lot better than his ERA. And then, yeah, Kelnick, I'm hoping for a bounce back for him. I mean, he has all the tools to do so. You know, I think, um, you know, he's made some adjustments, so we'll see there. And then just lastly, they could the Mariners could potentially have the best bullpen in all of baseball next year. Yeah, they're really building a nice contender in Seattle. Hopefully they can all put it together this year and the Mariners can actually get into the playoffs. I think, if I'm not mistaken, aren't they the team with the longest playoff drought right now in Major League Baseball? I'm pretty sure they are. I'll, I'll double check. I think you, I think you're right. So they're doing all the right things, and let's hope it kind of starts connecting the pieces here. Cheesecake, Astros, a lot of assets there, but mm-hmm. I don't. They're not usually selling these guys off, so I'm assuming that they're probably keeping these guys. I I would imagine most of their well, pretty much all of their <coughs> excuse me, big ticket assets are contributors on the major league team right now. They have a lot of good young pitching. Um, uh, Garcia, Valdez, or Kitty, uh, all fairly young pitchers. Uh, good, but they are needed in the rotation right now, especially if they're, they're hoping to, to contribute, to, uh, to compete. Uh, their, their farm system is, you know, what you would expect from a team who's been in, in the, in the, in the World Series picture for the past six seasons. Uh, they have no top 100 prospects. Their top, their top prospect is a catcher named Corey Lee, who didn't become a full-time catcher until 2019. Um, they also have a Cuban defector named Pedro Leon, a shortstop outfielder. Who has it? Who seems to have a high ceiling, but um, you know he's still pretty raw. Uh, and if, you know, Forrest Whitley, he's still he's still mm-hmm. hanging around mm-hmm. in Houston. And, and he still, still has a, he still has a, he still has some some promise. Um, but uh, he is coming off of TJ. Uh, I don't think they have any young tradable assets. They possibly could could do that sort of poo poo platter of uh, of. Uh, volume of young players to get something, but I don't think they have really the material to pick up a big trade right now. Matt Williams, if you own Luis Garcia or you roster Luis Garcia on any type of dynasty team, are the first good offer you get, are you selling him or is he somebody that you believe in what we saw last year that can carry over into this year? Both. Um, I think that all the adjustments that he make, and he's, he's one of those guys that works really hard. I think what we saw is pretty legitimate. The problem is in Dynasty, I don't think you're getting a legit offer worth taking. He's one of those guys where if you have him, you believe in him. If someone else wants to pay for him, they want to pay below probably what he's worth to you. He's mm-hmm. just one of those one of those players. So I think it's kind of an impossible situation in Dynasty. So I think you have no choice but to write him out, but I'd want to anyway. Yeah, I mean, he kind of, for people that didn't know who he was in the playoffs, the Rock, the Baby, and for people that did roster him all season, he was one of the best pickups all year. He carried you to that with a mid threes ERA all year and was delivered a lot of quality starts down the stretch. So I agree with you, Matt. I think no one at any point probably now is giving you what you're 
would sell him for or anything, you know, around that value. Uh, Matt Goodwin, why don't you yes. tell us about the Rangers and their assets? Uh, their their biggest asset right now is a new stadium, uh, and uh, that's about it. I mean, obviously, we we talked about uh, the signings that they made. They've got some names coming: uh, Seager and, and Semyon, uh, and and Cole Calhoun is a huge star. Um, you know, they've got some guys in the pipeline, uh, two in the top 50, uh, in, in Josh Young and, uh, Jack Leiter, uh, again, ETA, I think to, um, Matt Williams point earlier, uh, the ETAs are, might not make a lot of sense in terms of what they're trying to build for right now. Um, there's some hype on Cole Wynn as an arm that, that might be coming up soon. And, and, uh, especially in a, in that space, uh, he should get opportunities, uh, when he's ready to come up. But, uh. You know, aside from that, um, you know, I, I think that uh, a lot of their assets tied up in the cash that they have sitting in the bank. Yeah, and they're probably not done spending this offseason. They're going to have more assets. I'm sure once, if hopefully the MLB stuff ends and they can get yeah. back to work here. Uh, I mean, the, I think- the CBA is, is going to be huge. I think that a lot of that, that maybe mid-level talent, and there's some guys that we'll, we can maybe talk about later who they might wind up going and, and, and signing after this is all done. But they probably want to know the landscape of what the CBA is going to be for certain types of players. You know, the, the Marcus Simeons and the Seegers of the world, you, you, you sign them when, when you can get them. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that maybe mid-level talent, they might want to see what, what the actual final deal is before they're going to commit to, to those kind of guys. Right. That makes sense. Matt Williams, let's go to you now and let's talk about the Angels who have some interesting assets on their team. Yeah, they and- do. I mean, they obviously have Mike Trout. Who, if this doesn't work out, their current last plan right now, they have their nine-man rotation or whatever it is. They're going to try to acquire a better (laughs) pitcher. While Otani is there, they're bringing up Walsh. While they have their young hitters up here, if they don't start to do well, it could turn real quickly and he may want out of there. I mean, no one thought Nolan Arenado would one day just speak up after signing his contract. By the way, I want out of here. It could happen with Trout. So he's not going anywhere, but it certainly could happen. But that's more of just an exciting thing to talk about. Shohei Otani is an amazing asset. He makes hardly any money, especially for what he's capable of. He's going nowhere. There's no reason to trade him unless someone just offers you the moon. He makes no money. He's he's stuck there. The interesting players are their young major league uh, prospects. The guys who just came up, Jared Walsh, um, Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh. Those are the guys to watch. And Reed Detmer is uh, one of their top pitching prospects. Not that they need to get rid of pitchers, but the big thing for them is that they're going to look into acquiring like maybe with the Reds or even Oakland. I don't know if they feel about doing in division um, and trying to go out there and get, you know, like a Molly or a Castillo or, or one of these guys like a Manea. And it'll probably, if they look at a guy like Luis Castillo, they'll probably have to dip into that Marsh Adele Detmers area. So I think they're an interesting team as far as when the lockout comes out, because they have some young hitters that I think that they um, are going to be willing to move because they need to improve that rotation. I know they got a lot of, People they have a lot of bodies and Otani, Syndergaard, Sandoval, Lorenzen, Suarez, but you don't know what you're getting out of Syndergaard. Um, his his floor is beneath the floor, and you know mm-hmm. what his ceiling could be. But his first year back from Tommy John, uh, I I don't know about that or full year. So Sandoval, I like a lot of Tani. You never know with his health either. Last year we weren't sure we we're going to get preseason. Obviously ended up being amazing. But yeah, I would say uh, yeah, Marsh, Adele, Walsh. Detmers. I, I would be stunned if they're all there by opening day. I think they're going to try to make a move for a starting pitching. They struck out with all the major ones. 
and unless they want to settle for like a Carlos Rodon, which, you know, is something they could certainly do. I think that they're, yeah, I think they're going to be making a trade possibly like the, you know, like I said, like the Reds, Oakland, something like that. Yeah. And you mentioned Patrick Sandoval, who real quick, I'd be remiss. Is he fantasy baseball's biggest darling early on in the offseason? I feel like I've seen his name floated around everywhere. And everybody's like, Patrick Sandoval season, let's go. Or Matt, are you as big on the Patrick Sandoval as I've seen others? I've, I've actually been on him for two years. So I feel like I'm now nose blind to it. Uh, like I got, I got him two years ago when he gave me nothing. Uh, I was on him last year early. So I finally cashed in and now he's going to be too expensive. So I had my one year of being happy with Patrick Sandoval and now it's gone. Last year I had my year of being happy with Brian Reynolds and now he's expensive. You just got to take, you got to get in or get in early because then everyone gets too expensive. It's sad. Yeah, very true. That's kind of how I feel with Dylan Cease from last year. Like now he's he's going super super early. But and by the way, real quick before we move on with the Angels, just real quick around, do you think that the does anyone think there's a zero percent chance um, Mike Trout ends up getting traded? Does everyone think he just finishes his career with the Angels, or do we think he has to move at some point? Because I I don't have any confidence that the Angels are going to put together any kind of well made team for him while he is in his prime here. I have the best comparison for you. He's the Matt Stafford of MLB, where he's going to be with the Angels for so many years of them losing, and then they're mm-hmm. going to mutually agree for him to go somewhere else because they're like, you've been with us for so long, we want to give you a shot to win. You know, this could be another four or five years maybe, but like, I think it's going to be a Matthew Stafford situation. What do you think they could get? What do you think they could get? Like, if they made him available, let's just say things went to crap, all-star break around, or next year where they suffered some terrible injury, nothing's worked out. Um, they need to reboot and they put him on the market with the amount of money he makes. What kind of return do you think they could realistically get that they would accept? Yeah, I think that's the problem. I, I think the the issue with baseball and, and trying and obviously NFL comps is that the business side is so different. Mm-hmm. How many mm-hmm. teams are you even talking about being able to or or having owners who would be willing to? You're talking about a very small mm-hmm number of teams and so that actually probably gives them the leverage in that right so well, look at the arenado trade right they ate all the money and they got back oh, austin that's gomber the, that's the that rockies though that's true <laughs> no no i'm just saying that, that's the only thing we have to go on but like yeah right no you know it's true it's, yeah it's, it's, i don't think the return would be something that that you would go oh my god this is a blockbuster i think it would actually probably be a money deal and, and um it would be maybe seemingly shocking at at what teams would be willing to give up. Cause again, I think they'd have the leverage. They'd be able to say, we're taking on this cash and this contract. Yeah. Um, why should we give up much else for it? Yeah. Well, I think you would be looking at, at, at sort of like a, like an expiring type of contract. Some, some person who has a big and then prospects on top of that. So I, I can sure. see the Dodgers possibly having a, a, a contract that that they could move like David Price be be the money that goes back but has less years left on it plus prospects. So I could see the Dodgers. I don't know. I mean possibly the Yankees too, but I'm not Robinson sure. Robinson Cano would love Anaheim. Big... <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's almost yeah, like a that's trade. just they a have, secret the Matt's secret plan to get Trout on the Mets. That's all this is. <laughs> <laughs> i love that uh, this is a good discussion i i know we'll go a little longer than we normally go today so i'll try to speed it up a little bit um before we do that let me talk about these oakland a's really quick here these oakland a's uh because get your oakland a's here 
We got everybody up for sale. You want Matt Chapman's? You want Matt Olson's? Hey, we got Sean, Sean Murphy's. We got everybody. We got some Chris Old Bassett's, Sean Manai's, Frankie Montas. Heck, anybody for what you want is for sale. Anybody you want. Our doors are open 24-7, 365. Come by your opening. That needed to be done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> they they so, sold their manager, so yeah. <laughs> that's honestly the point. Yeah, it's like, so obviously, like right now, their biggest asset looks to be Matt Olson. And they're asked, he's already floated around in trade talks. They're having a high price tag on Matt Olson, who actually I saw on MLB Network at the end of the year. He had the most home runs as a left handed hitter off of left handed pitchers. As far as the amount of home runs as a lefty versus lefty, he set the record this year. So it's pretty interesting. Obviously, a great year. Hit 271, 371, 540 slash with 39 homers, 111 RBIs. Cut his strikeout rate down tremendously from what it was the year before. And he's got two seasons left before he can become a free agent. So he's their biggest asset right now. Um, they don't have any prospects, really. Two, they actually only have one prospect in the top 100, according to MLB.com. That's catcher Tyler Soderstrom, who's projected to come up in 2024. He's the number 42 prospect. So they need prospects. They need guys in their minor league system to refurbish it and actually be able to have guys that can come up and contend. So that's why every single one, Bassett, Manaya, Frankie Montas, both Matt Olson and Matt Chapman for the right prices, uh, they want to restore that. This is actually a direct quote from general manager David Forrest, who said, they're willing to listen to trade offers for any of their players. This is the cycle for the A's. We have to listen and be open to whatever comes out of this. This is our lot in Oakland until it's not. So your GM's coming out and saying a statement like that. First of all, as a player, I wouldn't like hearing that. But second, it just shows how cheap the A's are. And they're pretty much looking to get rid of all their guys. So Marty's got feels about this. Well, it, it just gets into the competitive balance of the entire league. And that's something they're going to have to really work on or something I hope they work on with this, the new agreement, trying to be able to make it not so what seemed like lucrative for teams to not even try. I mean, we're at a point where it's normal for, a, you know, one third of, to, of the league to not even like field a normal, like a professional team and everyone, and everyone's okay with it. Like, yeah, yeah, they're not trying this year and that's okay. I just, it's, it's, a, it's bizarre. It's actually worse because you're talking about like trading Matt Chapman to the Yankees. You're not getting a bunch of good prospects from them because Oakland's also going to make you take Elvis Andrus. So mm-hmm. they, and, and you're going to get way less back. So Oakland fans, soon to be Las Vegas fans, um, they, you're not getting much back. Prepare to be disappointed. Um, I would be very stunned if you got a name back where you were like doing any kind of happy dance for Olsen or Chapman. I bet they're going to saddle, they're going to saddle people with Andrus and, uh, Manaya, who's obviously not a bad contract to most teams, but I think they're looking to unload money rather than, than gain gain prospects. I think their primary objective is to to shave as much money as possible. And the frustrating thing is too, you see like they go ahead and they went ahead and traded for Starling Marte last year. You're like, oh, we're going all in. And you trade a, a you know, I know Jesus Lazaro is kind of not what he was the year before, and he's kind of soured a little bit, but that's a potential foundation for you, uh, a foundational piece that you're selling to win. And then it doesn't work one year and now you're gonna blow it up. And I feel like as an A's fan, I would just be incredibly frustrated that you're willing to make moves like that, but you're not willing to try to keep a roster to try to contend. And um, that's why I said, like, Scott, Scott Genstad, he's one of, and uh, Carlos Marcano, I think, are the only two A's fans I know on Twitter. And I just don't know how you can still be able to support 
uh, you know, and just feel not feel frustrated. Um, but okay, let's move quickly here. Let's go starting now with cheesecake. Let's talk about any possible offseason targets you think you're gonna your team might try to bring in via trade or offseason signing that they haven't already brought in yet. Um, I know they obviously the Astros already signed Justin Verlander. So do you see any other yeah. pieces that they might add? Yeah, well, they definitely need another left-handed reliever. They currently only have one left-handed relief pitcher in their entire bullpen. That's uh, Blake Taylor. Um, and if you're going to be looking at left-handed relief pitchers, there's really not a lot left out uh, of experienced left-handed relief pitchers. Andrew Chafin's probably the best available, but you got like you could see them going after a guy, you know, guys like Sean Doolittle or Brad Hand or maybe Tony Watson, guys in their mid to late 30s. Um, I do think that they might end up going after a shortstop. I think it's possible what Matt brought up earlier, Matt, that uh, Correa just comes back. They're currently we have to clarify. <laughs> yeah, Matt Williams uh, was was talking about where where Correa might go. It is possible he might just go back to Houston. Uh, currently, uh, they have about twenty twenty one million below their last year's luxury tax total, so twenty million. You know, maybe Correa, because of the CBA, wants to wants to get himself back out there again next year. Who knows? Maybe the market is not as juicy if the Yankees don't get their Glaber Torres trade for for him, and he just wants to come back out again next year. I think that's you know possibly the route that they take. But uh, there are also some other good uh, um, options, defensive first, like uh, Jose Iglesias and uh, Freddie Galvis. With a little bit of pop and good defense, um, I think Freddie Galvis right now just they're... signed overseas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, two is years. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which is so bizarre we'll, to sound we'll two years. It. That's weird. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw that too. Yeah, he had been producing pretty well in the major leagues. I, I, I'm surprised that there wasn't any sort of market for him. It must have been a nice one of those nice Korea contracts, couple mil, uh, two years. That, that that's nice security. So so there's Angelton Simmons. There's Jose Iglesias. Um, uh, I think I'd prefer Iglesias because uh, he seems to be able to stay on the field a little bit better. But, um, or, you know, Trevor Story, who knows what his market's going to be. Maybe he'll take a one-year pillow contract from Houston to come back out after a solid season there. Um, but I, right now they have Jeremy Pena, Geronimo Pena's son, penciled in as shortstop, and he really is a, he really is a soft bat. Who's, who's going to be uh, hurting their their hitting? So, I think uh, shortstop, left-handed relief pitcher are their biggest needs right now. All right, I'm going to stay with you for a second. We're just going to combine the fourth one, the last one as well. Why don't you give us their predictions, their realistic goals for next year as well? So, are they playoffs, purgatory, or a pushover? And then give us their final record prediction here. I mean, I think that they're a playoff team. This is a team that has survived without Korea for big stretches over the last few seasons. They're a little bit older, but they still have, you know, they've developed uh, Kyle Tucker. They still have a lot of good hitting. Their pitching staff, they have a lot of good pitchers. Um, if I was drafting right now, um, I would be looking at a guy like Jake Odorizzi as like a nice late, late draft pickup to get some early innings for them because it's possible McCullers might be out to start the season. Um, so, uh, but I think their staff is going to be pretty strong and their bullpen, if they can get another left-handed relief pitcher is going to be really strong. They're a playoff team. They're, they're, they're looking to compete again. I like it. Good job with the Astros. Let's go to Matt Goodwin. Let's do the same with the Rangers here. So why don't you talk about, just like Cheesecake did, talk about anybody they might bring in or obtain via trade and then give us kind of 
the, what the real estate goals might be for 2022. What do they have on their board as like, hey, 2022, is it playoffs? Is it kind of be that purgatory area? Or are they going to be a pushover? What do you think? Uh, well, I, you know, as, as I said before, I think that if they're not coming out of a new CBA, uh, going after starting pitching, I think they're doing it wrong. Um, they have space. Um, presumably they have the cash to be able to do it. Most of these major league teams do. They just choose not to spend it. Um, so, you know, there's still some pitchers on the board. I, I don't know. People talk about Kershaw. Um, again, in terms of like, what are you trying to build and when are you trying to be ready to be good? I, I don't know if that makes a ton of sense, but, um, my, my feeling is given the way that the Rangers spend money and or don't, that they're probably going to be looking for cheaper alternatives, maybe like a Martin Perez or a Jay Happ. Um, maybe they go and, 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 you know, go after like a Johnny Cueto. I don't think they're spending a lot of, a lot more money at this point. Um, uh, just because of the way that they've handled things, but, it would be nice to see in terms of trades. Uh, there's there's more players on the board there. Possibilities for arms: uh, Castillo, Gray, uh, Glassnow might be available. All the A's, any A you want, um, is out there. the The problem there is, I think the only chips they have that other teams are going to be super interested in are are ones that make no sense for them to move. Um, they they have a handful of those those top mm-hmm. prospects, and I think that that if they wind up signing. Semyon and Seeger, and then trading away uh, Young or, um, or, or sorry, Young or uh, I mean they're not moving lighter. You know it wouldn't make any sense. So um, I, I, I I'm not really sure exactly where their heads are at. Obviously, um, but uh, my guess would be they're going to try and find a couple of cheaper arms on the other side. And you know honestly, the way they're set up for next year, it doesn't feel to me all that different from maybe 2021 Red Sox light. Uh, I did not expect the Red Sox to be good last year as a Sox fan. Uh, I, my joke at the beginning of the year was their goal was going to be to not lose a hundred games. And, and, you know, the Texas Rangers did lose a hundred games plus last year. So in terms of playoffs, I, I mean, under the, the system that we have, I don't think they have a chance. If the new CBA brings in a different system, uh, expanded teams, 14 teams make it and they catch fire and, and get a little lucky here and there. I think that would be their only chance. Um, but I don't think they're going anywhere in 2022. You mentioned that they might bring in some other pitchers. Is Zach Davies a free agent? Does anybody know? I believe so. Um, I believe he is. I will, I will, on this yes, air. Yes, he on, is. I will, on air right go. now, donate. Uh, okay, I'm going to donate regardless. <laughs> but I'm just going to try to think of a way to do this. <laughs> if Zach Davies is not a Texas Ranger, I will do something. Because it just literally feels like it's going to be a Texas Ranger signing to bring him in. Whatever just, it is, I need you to be in that cowboy hat doing it. Deal. <laughs> I will do something in that cowboy hat uh, and donate to some charity if he signs with the Texas Rangers. Because I just, I literally feel like it's too perfect a match. I just, you, you see it and you're like, they need pitching and he's going to be low cost and he's going to eat up innings and be better at potentially some of the other guys. I just, Zach Davies is going to Texas. You heard it here first. December 15th. Put it on the board. All right. Matt, let's go to the Angels, another team that could potentially be buying for uh, the Zach Davies services right now. And let's, <sighs> let's talk about the same questions for you. I got to assume they wouldn't be in on a guy like Davies only because they've kind of filled up their mediocre portion of their nine-man <laughs> rotation. I think they want to make an upgrade. They have Otani, Syndergaard, Sandoval, Lorenzen, Suarez. They don't, I don't think they have another room for just another like jag. 
Um, I think they'll be in there for Castillo, Molly, Gray, and Cincinnati. I think they'll be talking to the Marlins, who've been talking about wanting to move one of their young pitchers and Pablo. Um, like I said, they have the young outfielders that um, they can move. I think Miami and Anaheim actually match up the best. I don't know how they'd be willing to work in division. I think Oakland's at a point now where they don't care, but Tyler Wade's the starting shortstop for the Angels currently. Um, if they were willing to eat Elvis Andrus, they could probably get, you know, Chris Bassett or, um, a pitcher off of, uh, Oakland very easily and not, and not give up much at all, which would probably be ideal for them to improve their, improve their rotation without actually having to give up uh, any of their young hitters because if they did trade one they'd they'd have a hole and they'd have to just acquire someone else which is always a possibility so yeah i think most likely their lineup looks pretty done i don't think they're going to sign anyone of value i mean they could bring iglesias back again like i said tyler wade's currently the starter he's he's actually a little underrated he's fine there if they had to go there um their bullpen's in pretty good shape they sign aaron luke to like a pretty big contract they got their lefty they got iglesias back they got mike Myers. so I mean, they're kind of set up with what they want to do. They're just not good enough. They need to be completely healthy. So as far as their record, I have them going like 81 and 81. Um, you know, <laughs> I can call that purgatory. I don't think they can get out of their own way. <laughs> I, I think at this point, everyone talks about Aaron Judge being injury prone. Mondesi, I mean, Mike Trout is there. The chances of him playing a full season right now are about zero. Um, Otani. He had such a great year. I was leading the charge for his MVP since like May. He came in, I think he had like a torn UCL, didn't he? Everyone's worried about the Grom this year. Yeah. I mean, he never had that fixed. Otani had that. So you always have to worry about that. Rendon, he's always hurt. It's just, there's just too many ifs here. I, I cannot see them. They need everything to go right for them to, to do well. They have room and time to improve their team. But the track record doesn't suggest they're going to put enough together. So, yeah, I think they're around a 500 team, maybe a little better, maybe a little worse, depending on the other moves. But, yeah, they need a, they need too much to go right for them to actually contend. I feel so bad for Mike Trout and all the talent that they do have that just they never make the playoffs every year. They kind of tease you and they never can pull it off. Is, it, is anyone like- more uh, is anyone here more? Uh, enthusiastic about them than me because i mean the no. names are there they could do it i just man i mean they they need a lot they need a lot to go right they do and i also i wonder they're also their pitching coaches in general it seems like they haven't been able to develop any pitchers there which kind of scares me um marty i'm gonna let you i was thinking maybe i'll go first because the mariners i'm sure are a lot more of a positive note than the <laughs> oakland a's so maybe we'll end this segment on a light okay. note really quick oakland 28th best farm system, according to MLB.com. Only the Astros and White Sox rank lower. And they're going to need to bring, obviously, pieces we talked about before. Maybe like a Chris... Uh, so, uh, excuse me. They're going to bring pieces in there. Um, try to ship guys out to bring in guys for their farm system. But guys that think that low cost, that they could fill roles. Chris Archer, potentially, like an Odubel Herrera, uh, Herrera or something like that. They need outfielders, obviously, with Marte. And uh, Mark Canna gone. So uh, those type of moves are what's coming for Oakland, I would expect. Guys that are going to be very, very cheap that could potentially be average for you uh, but or for them. But I think mostly they're just going to be trading for minor league pieces. They're not going to be bringing in too much there. Very depressing. And as far as their record, I see them. They're always in some type of purgatory. They end up winning games they shouldn't. They hang around. They're never going to be bad enough to where they get like a top three pick. I have him going 77 and 85 and 
again, which will be just kind of bleh. And Marty, why don't you close this one out now with the Mariners? Let's give us some optimism. Yeah, let's be a little bit more more positive. So the Mariners already signed Robbie Ray, as we already talked about. Uh, they traded for Adam Frazier from the Padres. They needed to sure up their uh, second base spot. Um, but what they need to do is get another pitcher. So their current uh, rotation is Robbie Ray, Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, Logan Gilbert, and Justin Dunn. If they are serious about making a playoff run this year, they're going to have to sign at least one more on. Now, I don't know how invested they are. So maybe a Michael Pineda, maybe a Zach Granke kind of sticks out, you know, someone that moves the needle a little bit, but nothing too crazy as far as having to invest, you know, more than two years in them. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then another big bat, you know, they still don't have that big bat. So, you know, any, any of them would do, but, um, they're going to be, this isn't their year. I'm going to say purgatory 75 and 87. Oh, 2023. Come see your Mariners. They'll be ready. Another year. I don't think they can wait another year, Marty. You're, you're kind of raining on their parade right now. We're putting a lot of pressure on a lot of young guys. To expect them to be able to do that. And is Mitch Hanniger going to have another amazing season? Uh, do they sign a Nelson Cruz or, you know, someone to actually really sure up that four or five spot? As of right now, no. All right. So it stands today. Marty is out on the Seattle Mariners in 2022. Interesting call. I'm, I respect it because you're very, you're one of the few people I think that aren't optimistic on the Mariners. So is I, it possible for an entire division to all have losing records? The Astros ain't losing, having a losing. No, no chance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but I agree. Yeah, the rest of you kind of, I wouldn't be shocked. But let's get ready to close out the show triple play style. We know how we do here. Starting off with the question of the week, which is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code triple play. All right. Question this week from Mr. Marty Tallman. Which famous baseball character from a movie would be the best fit and would help your favorite baseball team win now and why? Now, I texted this last, I texted the original script to Matt Williams yesterday. And then when Marty sent me the question later in the day, I was like, okay, I'll send it to Matt in the morning. Send it over. I was like, in case you need some time. And he said, came up with it within five minutes. He was like, wait till you hear why. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So Matt Williams, you know, I got to come to you first. All right. There's only one correct answer. And I say that with dear sincerity. There is no other correct answer. I'm giving, I'm about to give the correct answer. Uh, Steve Nebraska. He is the, if anyone ever seen the movie, The Scout, it's played by Adam Frazier. And he's a two way player that makes Shohei Otani just look like a big bag of garbage. This guy, <laughs> MLB debut in the World Series, t- perfect, uh, immaculate inning, immaculate game. 27 up, 27 down, three strikes to each batter, 27 strikeouts, hits like four home runs. Um, yes, he would be probably outlawed in MLB. They would probably not allow him to play. So, yes, he's the player I would add to the New York Mets. I would be very happy. He's already proven he can play in New York. <laughs> but, yeah, he's the guy. Um, maybe we could throw him out as not being allowed to play because I just think, like, you know, he's, he's perfect. It's King Kong. I have a com- I have one to combat that. Uh, combat I'm go- that? Yeah, I'm gonna go around the board first. <laughs> Is Godzilla month. gonna like burn <laughs> the field to the ground? Get killer? It's a different angle to the question, that, <laughs> but I, I like that answer. That's a if good anyone one. hasn't seen that movie though, uh, watch it. Albert Brooks and Brendan Fraser. It's freaking awesome. What year is that from? Is it from the the like late 90s? Yeah, I want to yeah, say probably 98, 97. Yeah, it's probably like yeah, mid 90s around there. 
Those are the best movies for sure. That time period. Uh, Matt Goodwin, what about your yeah. answer? Well, uh, I interpreted this as fictional characters, so I went uh, a little outside the box. Uh, I can give you my honorable mention, which is a movie, but I, I went with uh, Sam Mayday Malone from Cheers, the <laughs> Texas Rangers. Uh, he's uh, he's got that swagger, he's got that confidence, uh, and and I think that uh, that's exactly what the Texas Rangers need in the starting pitcher right now. Uh, either that or uh, the kid from uh, what was it Little Big League? That would work too. The okay. manager. No, the no, the, the you mean kid. you mean Henry you mean Gardner rookie of the year, year? Yeah. rookie of the year. Yeah, oh, yeah, I loved yeah. him. Yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, I thought you were going to bring the little kid managing the twins. Like he'd be a good manager. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, misspoke. Sorry about that. They had uh, Ricky Henderson signed. He screwed him. He, shady dealing. <laughs> uh, Marty, what's your answer? Um, yeah, so the Detroit Tigers, um, we have a bunch of, you know, young guns up there, you know, so I'm, I'm really liking our starting pitching, but we need a relief pitcher. You know, I like Gregory Soto, but he's not ready to, you know, for the closer role. Joe Jimenez, we've seen how that plays out. So we need Kenny effing powers yeah. on the Detroit Tigers <laughs> in his prime, throwing smoke, looping the deals. Yeah, man. We need KP, dude. He needs to bring the swag to Detroit, you know, the mullet, everything. When he came out to the Hulk Hogan theme. <laughs> oh, God. So great. <laughs> did it, did that come to you right away when you came up with this question, Marty? It did. Yeah. yeah. I felt like that was the safe answer. My other answer was going to be um, the character that Wesley Snipes plays in like that 1995 baseball movie where he's essentially Barry Bonds, but you can't say that because um, the Tigers need a big bat. So that was my that was my runner up. Um, John Dowd. But- uh, yo, ah, yeah. 2000 MVP, 2005. Shout out. That was um, one Ray yeah. Burns. I think his name was Ray Burns, maybe. I think so. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. But yeah, um, yeah the KP, we need him. I like it. Cheesecake, what's your pick? So I, I just want to, is that the one where Robert De Niro was, was stalking? Yes, Wesley exactly. He's hanging out with the all sun right. and all that. Yeah. Okay. It's a good okay. one. I, I went with, uh, with, uh, because I'm a Cubs fan and we have very few arms in our system, I went with the prospect Ebby Calvin Lelouch from from Bull Durham, Nuke Lelouch. Now, now Ebby, uh, you know he's he has a an electric arm, great prospect. Right now, he's only a two pitch pitcher. I, according to the movie, my memory of it, he only throws a fastball and a curve. He might need to develop a changeup so that he can stick in the rotation uh, to you know come to the major league level. But right now, that electric arm. Get some control. Uh, you know, we know by the end of the movie he is in the show, so you know he he has progressed. Spoiler alert! So <laughs> obviously, <laughs> if you haven't seen Bull Durham yet, I don't know. When you said when you started with the Cubs, I thought you were say we need some veteran leadership. We want to bring in Chet Stedman. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> he, couldn't even, he couldn't even. He couldn't even. Yeah. Well, theoretically, the in his prime, he'd be good. Yeah. Like uh, what is it? It was Kevin Costner. What's his character from uh, For Love of the Game? Billy Chapel. Oh. He's like a run down yes. at the end, but apparently he was like yes. really awesome. Yes. Um. It's it's funny. Um. They he was talking about filming the the last scene. He said he I must have thrown like two hundred pitches to film that last scene. My arm was was sore for like three weeks afterwards. Which is really funny, but uh, you know, Evie Calvin Lelouch, we got a, we got ourselves a prospect, uh, you know, and the Cubs haven't had a good pitching prospect since Greg Maddox, so it's pretty sweet. Well, Mark Pryor, Mark Pryor, sorry, yeah, it's pretty Carrie sweet. Wood, man, Carrie, <laughs> yeah, Carrie Wood, Mark Pryor, 
Yeah, then Dusty Baker came along and, and all that was gone. <laughs> uh, so my pick, I, John Dow was one of the ones I thought of. I'm but, sorry. You stepped no, all over your, your, your You're good. Your uh, so some other ones that I had in mind. You guys seen Bench Warmers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys remember Carlos? Yes. Carlos and the Twins lineup is we miss Nelson Cruz. I want Carlos out there hitting cleanup for us because we need him. And then the other one, just in that same movie, but that's like one of my favorite baseball movies, just Gus in that movie because he's not only does he do everything, he basically takes a team of guys that have never played baseball and they actually win because of him. He's also like the best motivator. He's the best like, you're doing good. Come on. Like every whole team like plays well, well better than they should. I'm like, if you put a Gus on every single team, with guys that already played baseball, like how much better could they get? And that's Ted what the Lasso twins need. Ted Lasso. We need that. <laughs> you yeah, like you got it. You sorry. You have to listen to the uh, the Ellen Adair and Eric Guild uh, podcast where they review baseball movies and their review of the Benchwarmers. They destroy that movie. They what? trashed it. Ellen's so smart too. What? What? <laughs> they trashed that movie. I love all baseball movies. I, I don't care how bad. Uh, if I'm homesick, I'll watch Major League Three. I don't care. <laughs> Downtown Anderson, put him on my team. He's ready. He's a complete hitter now. I know this has been done before, but when you just basically do a draft of the uh, people from movies or fictional characters, I think that I think that needs to be done again sometime soon because it's been a while with all this nothing going on. I think we need that. That those are always like really fun to listen to. Um, but on that note, let's go to the last segment of the night. It is the game of the week. Hosted by Marty. First game ever. Marty, you are hosting. You are the man of the hour. What are we playing? I'm hosting, man. Yeah, I'm excited. So it is now time for the triple play game of the week. For this week's game, we are taking a look at current and retired MLB players who have other talents, hobbies, or careers, either during when they're playing in the league or after they retire. So again, these are going to be players that have a talent, hobby, or another career while they're actually playing baseball or after they retire. All right. So to start, I'm going to give you the player's talent slash hobby, and you will have to guess who that player is. So we're going to start off um, with what I would consider a little bit uh, of an easier one. So the first one's going to be this current. Yeah. Are we ready? Everyone ready? (laughs) How do we we buzz in? We just uh, shout it out. No, I think you said like you'll start out like with Matt. Yeah, so we'll start. Um, we're gonna start off Matt Williams. I'm gonna go left to Matt to Mendy. So, so I get the easy forth. one. Okay. So when I don't get it, I look like a big old moron. Got it? <laughs> exactly. Well, do we all like get a shot at answering it before you tell us the answer? Yeah. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let Matt answer and then let Matt answer, David answer, cheesecake, boom. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So the first one, this current MLB pitcher just recently competed in rodeos, roping cattle under the fake name Mason Saunders. I can just spit it out? Yep. No, it's Matt. That's Madison Bumgarner. Matt? Uh, he's way too confident for me to go with any other answer, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on Madison Bumgarner. Matt right. Williams, the gamesmanship. You have to be like, oh, man, who's that? <laughs> oh, is this the idea here? I don't get double yeah. points for being first. That's our, there we go. <laughs> I mean, Mason, did, did I mean Madison Bumgarner? One. I meant if, if, Kevin If Stocker. we all get points, you can have mine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, uh, Mendy, go with that one. Yeah, yes, yeah, Elsie. I'm going right. with Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, all right, ding, 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 ding. You all got one point, so congratulations. It was Madison Bumgarner, which is one of the most insane things ever. Like, yeah, if you really could, you imagine being the Diamondbacks and just like, wait, what? 
And then, you, you know, you having this, dude, that would just be absolutely insane. <laughs> We're going to need to rework this I, I contract. Don't know, I don't know why Saunders isn't on his Players Weekend jersey. <laughs> that would have been funny. Because MLB doesn't do anything right, and that would have been exactly what they should have done. That's why they didn't do it. Okay. Uh, number. Okay, question two. In 1994, this former Cincinnati Red released an album called Prime Time, and it reached the number 70 spot on the R&B and hip-hop charts. Who is this former Cincinnati Red? All right, Sorry, Matt Goodwin. Oh boy, um, <laughs> I have no idea. I can't even think of an, a Cincinnati Red from that time. Um, Eric Davis. What uh? What time period was this? This would be 1994. Oh, I was gonna say Brandon Phelps, but that's before his time. Oh, God, I've read from 1994, Marty. I'm. <laughs> yeah. Goodness gracious! I don't even know. We need the clicks on our keyboards and our our, our uh, computers right now. <laughs> I'm going to take a big fat L on this one because I'm going to date myself and say someone before that time or someone after that time. So I'm, I'm going to take an L. <laughs> I'm out. He's out. All right, LC. What do we got? Um, I'm going to guess Deion Sanders. Yeah, it's Deion and- Sanders. Ding, 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 ding. Prime time. You guys were focused yeah. on the wrong part of it. Uh, <laughs> I, heard I, did, I didn't know he played for the Reds. Played for the Reds. I yeah, I don't remember him playing for the Reds, Reds either. He did. I believe in 94. He had a really good season for the Reds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you guys are keeping your own score. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, I got 10 points right now. It's <laughs> 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 <That's> amazing. <laughs> All right, number three. This former Yankees player who went back to school to get his music degree, has recorded songs with Bruce Springsteen, Bella Fleck, written a book with Paul Simon, and has been nominated for a Latin Grammy Award. Who is this former Yankee player? Oh, my God. Mendy, we're starting with you. I'm going to say Bernie Williams. Okay. Elsie? I am going to piggyback... On Mendy and say Bernie Williams as well. What? Bernie Williams? Okay. Matt Williams. Alfonso Soriano. (laughs) I hope you're right. I really (laughs) hope you're right about that. I I was going to say Bernie Williams before anybody else did, so I'm going to stick with that. And the correct answer is Bernie Williams. Oh, yeah. I'm proud of that. My answer was just so much funnier. It was. Alfonso (laughs) Soriano is the roadie, he does all the equipment now. (laughs) <laughs> all right so who, who's got what i've got two i've got two three two. Oh, cheesecake with the lady. okay all right marty for three yep. um i have 10 all right let's do why don't we do uh we'll do five just since we're already hour 11 okay so five more or just five up to we'll, we'll do five total okay cool so this is number four this former mlb pitcher is now a professional photographer who studied photojournalism at the University of Southern California from 1983 to 1985. This picture's work has been published in Spin Magazine, Metal Hammer Magazine, and even Rolling Stone Magazine. Who is this former MLB pitcher, now professional photographer? All right. LC. Went to USC from 1983 to 1985. Yep. 
Art's like the kid at the spelling bee who's like, okay, um, origin. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Okay. Can I have it in a sentence? Like, like you, you did not give his career dates, which is really, really loose on me. Yes, so it's yes. Like, yes. I, I, that's I, why I, I gave you the USC date. I thought this one was like, I thought everyone knew this. That's why. No, this one's going to be a bad one. Um, I'm going last. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to say uh, Don Sutton. Okay. Matt Williams. Got no idea. Don Sutton. Strategery <laughs> <laughs> right there. That's what that is. <laughs> Matt Goodwin. What do we got? Lee Smith. Lee Smith. Okay. And Mendy. The first name that came to my name was Don Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> None of you get it. Maybe I should have been, uh, put the team on there, but is Randy Johnson. I know. I know what. I, I actually did he, know that. I did. He does photography Man, all over his Instagram. Oh, does he now? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Was he in college <laughs> in 1983? The 85. That's what it says. God, he's older than I thought he was. <laughs> all okay. right. So the 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 fifth one. Um, and Art, you're up by one, right? Everyone yeah, so else has one of us time. We'll yeah. go to a all right tiebreaker. Okay. Cool. So this former Giants starting pitcher is now a full-blown country singer. He came out with an album called No Secrets in 2017, and the album actually reached the Billboard charts. Who is this former Giants starting pitcher? Matt Williams. Do we have, do we, did you give us years or anything like that? I did not, but he uh, won a Cy Young. Oh, hold on. I know this. No, you don't Sorry. know it because the game's been shipped, Matt. The game's been shipped. <laughs> <laughs> I think I yeah. Or do I? For some, well, I was going to say Matt Cain, but it's not Matt Cain. I, I saw him like... <sighs> I want to say Barry Zito. Same Barry Zito. Final Here. answer. Yeah, that was my final answer-ish. I like it. It's good enough for me. Matt Goodwin, who, who, what do we got? Uh, my The first name that came to mind was Lincecum. Timmy. Yep, I can see about there. Grateful Dead, high as a kite. I can see it. All right, Mendy, what do we got? Barry Zito, I think, was the one that popped into my mind. Barry Zito, I think it is. Okay. Cheesecake. Uh, it, yeah, Zito. It is Barry Zito. I tried to throw you off, Art, but you're too smart. Barry Zito is <laughs> is the correct answer. Art, congratulations. Oh and shout God. out to all the Major League Baseball players who are multi-talented. I know MLB does not do a good job of celebrating you, so that's why we do it instead. Yeah, sorry, Art, I don't have my soundboard hooked up. So, uh, that's you don't all right. I'll take, I'll take it. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Oh, he makes his own sound. He makes his own sound. I like it. <laughs> On that note, let's get both Matts out of here. Let's start with Matt Williams. Matt Williams, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Ton of fun, and uh, really happy that we actually got to finally get you on here because it was definitely long overdue. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for saddling me with the Angels. You said me you're going to be representing the Angels. I'm like, what do I do to you? <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Can you please plug all the great stuff that you do to our audience, You know where you're writing, all the stuff you put out on Twitter, everything okay. like that? All right, NBC Sports Edge now back to Roto World. Pick pick a company name, guys. I uh, work over at The Athletic, uh, rotofanatic.com, the Turn 2 podcast, and follow me on Twitter. That's where I do a lot of my work, M-E-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Awesome. And then, of course, Mr. Matt Goodwin, again, thank you so much. 
You do awesome work with Triple Play, and glad to get you on the show tonight too. Plug all the great stuff you're doing. Right, well, well, thanks for having me for sure. Uh, and uh, I, 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 when you told me I had to do the Texas Rangers, I was thinking that boy, the people who like the Rangers have suffered enough. So oh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we made it to the end. Um, yeah, I, uh, I write over a, a picture list. Um, I do a lot of different stuff in season. I was doing like best moments articles and, and I write different pieces. Uh, I've got a, um, a Kyle Schwarber piece I did in the off season that's out. I did a, a piece about radical realignment over there with some crazy ideas about how MLB could restructure its, its whole system. Um, and I do dugout study hall with Alexander Chase. That's also a picture list pod. And then obviously my work, uh, with you guys. Again, great guy in the industry. Both guys are great guys in the baseball industry. And if you're not following them and following all their work, you need to do so. But everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in, whether you watch the YouTube, you listen to the podcast. Always truly appreciate your support. Next week, we're going to be joined by somebody else, another special guest, to talk more off-season content, talk the NL West to finish out this series. But until then, everyone stay safe, enjoy the off-season, and we're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.